Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Chasing Justice. I'm your host, Lieutenant Joe, and here we are uh, another day, another bunch of pages of outrages we have here to talk about. So today we have uh, our, some of our friends from the neighborhood had stopped by. I started a little uh, chimney in the backyard. I was going to have a early afternoon adult beverage. And who shows up but Bill, the man of faith, Dallas. Bill, how are you? Joe, I'm great. I'm great. It's just amazing what, how good I feel. Wow, that's uh, excellent. And I bet you it's because of something you've been taking, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, and none of that, you remembered to come today, so that's excellent. Uh, and also, now, who, who comes across the gate next? I hear the gate open up, the uh, the dog barks, and here he comes around the corner. Jim, the contrarian, Giordano is here. He doesn't want us to use his last name, so we refer to him now as uh, Claude Delecto, so that no one knows, no government agents know he's here. Jim, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you, Jim. Good, I'm glad you guys are here. So, if we've been watching the goings-on in the world, we see that probably for the first time in reality, in many, many years, when people say all the time, the world is heating up, uh, things are getting tense, there's all kinds of tensions all around the globe, and for a long time, we, it was really about uh, terrorism. You know, what was the opportunity for these terrorist nations and these terrorist groups to attack people and uh, really cause a lot of chaos in the world? Well, we kind of put the kibosh on them, so to speak, for, for a while. Uh, they are reconstituting themselves now, that's pretty clear. But now the tensions we're talking about are national tensions, talking about the possibility, the real possibility, of World War III. And I tell you, for a long time, for many years, uh, growing up and, and as a young person, I remember people bringing up, their, oh, it's going to be World War III, a nuclear war, I'm going to drop bombs. That's, it was, it was going to be the Soviet Union and the United States. And after, after the Soviet Union fell and the wall came down, uh, we said, oh, that was great. Well, what we realized was that while that was a tense situation, it really kept the, the evil superpower in check. Well, they're not in check anymore, and they're running wild. And now what we see is the rise of China, not only as a major economic power in the world, but now as a major military power in the world. And because they are a despotical, tyrannical uh, type of a country, they have no problem using their military to get what they want. We know they're threatening Taiwan. They, they're building uh, military bases in the, in the uh, South China Sea. Uh, the other day, they warned off an American plane flying in international waters. You better get out of here. We don't want you here. They're sending balloons, uh, surveillance balloons, over our country. And they are teaming up with Vladimir Putin in Russia. So when we see those two and we see what's going on, the potential for World War III, a, an ignition point, could be in many, many different places. So, Jim, let's start with you. Do you see this as a potential reality, uh, as something that could happen? Do you see World War III being possible? I think it's a definite reality as long as we have people like um, President Biden in office and a Congress that seems very feckless I'm worried about all kinds of incidental things, not what's important to the American people. I think that's very well put, and I, I think that is part of the problem. Is we we are we are a mess as a nation. 
what are the things we are thinking about and talking about, Bill? Where do you think we are with this? You think it's a, a potential reality? I mean, you've you've been around longer than us, and you've seen conflicts come and go. What do you think? I think we need someone like Reagan again to tell them to take down the wall, <laughs> so to speak, because nobody's afraid of the United States anymore. That's the problem. We have someone in the White House that is not um, uh, a someone that's going to stand up uh, and really challenge anybody until it's a news thing, you right. know, until, until, a, until the, the news finds out about it. Yeah. Yeah. Then he starts coming on with all this stuff that's already been said and done. And I don't know, with this entire cabinet, with uh, Buttigieg or whatever his name Buttigieg. is, Buttigieg and, and Harris. And, uh, they're, they're, I like to use your word, Jim. Wow. They're all feckless. <laughs> well, it, it is interesting. I, I, I did a show recently uh, on weakness that weakness brings on violence. And I think that that's absolutely true. When, when people have an opportunity because they, they see weakness, they will take advantage of it. Evil will take advantage of weakness. And I think to your point, uh, Bill, is that the world sees Joe Biden not through the rose-colored glasses that the left-wing socialist media sees him, but they see him for what he really is. And he might be completely compromised to China with all the money he's gotten from them and his family. He really can't. He, when has he said one bad word about China with all that they're doing? Jim? Well, I don't think weakness, even though weakness is definitely portrayed out there and it's not helping the situation, I really think it's incompetence um, or purposeful incompetence. I mean, just the other day, um, and I'm not sure if this, this is true, but I am... Um, I read an article that uh, that Obama's physician thinks that Joe Biden is going to bring us into World War III because of his cognitive uh, disability and as it's mm -hmm. progressing. Um, what has Joe Biden done in order to try to bring peace to the Ukraine conflict? I don't see anything. Mm -hmm. China is now saying that they're going to try to intervene. Um, I, I guarantee you, if Trump or Republican was in, the, was in office, the Ukraine situation would probably be resolved by now. I don't think it ever would have happened. That's probably correct also. Yeah. I mean, when you look at that situation, the only thing that's going to that's gonna bring it to an end is if Russia sees that there is pain for them beyond what they're prepared to deal with. And I don't mean physical pain where bombing and stuff like that, but if they are cut off uh, from economics, if they are cut off from the things that they need, now they have all this oil and gas and they're selling it to China, they're selling it to all these other uh, these other nations. But at the same time, where where is the sanctions of the whole world? Where's the German sanctions and the French sanctions and the English sanctions and the Spanish and just sanction the hell out of them that they get nothing unless this comes to an end? Because unless you do that, First of all, now he's already lost face, so to speak, and that's important in those kind of uh, mm -hmm. to, to maintain power. Uh, other than he can order his his troops to kill anybody who would stand up against him, but the reality is he already lost face, thinking he was going to go in in three days 
and take the country. And it's now been over a year, and they're no closer now to taking over. They have 18% of the land. They had 27%, and they gave back uh, that, that, that little bit of a balance. So, you know, is this going to push this man to do something drastic? Does he care at the end of his life that he lights off a nuke somewhere? And that mm. certainly could set it off. I think the bigger part is the Chinese. Now, Jim, you're saying that, they, and I have heard them say it should come to an end. Um, but at the same time, it, it reports came out that the Chinese are going to supply lethal weapons to the Russians to fight uh, against the Ukrainians. So how does that work? Now, now what do we have here? It's snowballing out of control. Um, we have contributed $113 billion to this war effort in Ukraine. Europeans have contributed nothing in comparison to that to the same. Why is this now our proxy war? It shouldn't be. It's become mm -hmm. a proxy war. And I'll be honest with you, Republicans are as complicit in this ridiculous war as Democrats are. Seems like they're all on the same page. Nobody wants to take that lethal step towards a nuclear war. But I don't think it's going to be a nuclear war. I think it's going to be one little pulse in EMT, and that'll wipe out millions. Well, look at it this way. The Russians have gone over the Ukrainian border. They're flying jets over the Ukrainian border. They're, they're flying missiles over the border into hospitals and into apartments. They're slaughtering the Ukrainian people. And they're fighting back, killing a lot of Russian soldiers. But the reality is, why haven't the Ukrainians fired one shot over the border back towards Russia? Because what are they afraid of? Why not hit a Russian city and punish them for what they're doing? Well, I don't know that they have the, the hardware that they need at this particular moment. But that doesn't mean they couldn't do something. Why have they done nothing and simply taking the incoming fire and then acting within their borders? What is it that's preventing them from doing something right over the border? You know, a, uh, a, a I don't want to say a terrorist mission, but a, a special ops mission. Do something. They have to have some kind of aircraft that they could do something on the Russian homeland, and they're not. Because I'm, I think they think if we do that, that brings down all holy hell. He may then use some type of a tactical nuke. An EMP would be good too, right? That could shut yeah. down the entire country. But then yeah. you still got to move in and take the land. You still got to get boots on the ground in there, and that's where they're having troubles. But that's going to be uh, so much easier. When you, the more people that they wipe out, the easier it's going to be. You know, it's not going to take an awful lot either. They could have done it from the balloon. Yeah. Well, you said it, Joe. The Russians are embarrassed. Their military is is not as capable as, and it's shown, a little country, Ukraine, is actually beating them in a war. And they're more they reluctant to, to fight Yeah, the they want to get out. They, they, they're, they're bringing people in out of jails because nobody wants to fight anymore in, this, in, this, in Putin's war. There's a lot of impetus for Russia to make peace. And it can be done. Right. Trump has said it. He says, you know, I, I, you know, what is the negotiating tactic here? The Donbass region. You know, it was questionable whether, it, you know, a lot of people in the Donbass region want to be part of Russia. I don't know why. So there you go. Given the Donbass region, the, the money that we've given, the $113 billion, take a portion of that and relocate the people in the Donbass region who want to be Ukrainians into Ukraine and we'll pay them. 
Sounds I mean, like you'd be a good that, Secretary I mean, of State. That makes let's sense. Let's put him in office. Right. So, Jim, what I'm looking at here, though, is doing that. Now, that might be a solution, sure. I think you're probably right about that. But is that a Chamberlain moment now? Now do we have somebody going to go in and go, hey, we're going to give up some of your country and your land so that the war stops? You know, why should the Ukrainians have to give up anything for something that was illegal, unjust, and the rest of the world is just watching it? They don't. They don't. they don't, but if they want it to come to an end. But, I mean, they'll be part of this. If they want it to come to an end, and if they want our billions and billions of dollars that are never-ending, then they will have to come to the peace table and make some kind of a negotiated settlement. I think you got a great point there. I like that a lot. because, And the right leader, a strong American leader that would have some guts to back mm -hmm. things up, would be the one who would be able to bring everyone to the table. Because I would have to imagine that the embarrassment that, that Putin feels, the frustration he feels, there has to be some pressure at home with people who are looking at this. Uh, you know, there's generals everywhere, and you know that in, in, a, in a pit of vipers, there's always other vipers that'll strike the head snake if they get the opportunity. Mm -hmm. He's got to be feeling that pressure as well. Uh, to bring this to an end, find some way to save face and say, hey, listen, this is what we really wanted all along, and we work it out, and the people of Donbass region come home to, to Mother Russia, and that's that. But what stops them from, from doing this again two years from now or three years from now? It's just obviously he has bigger, uh, bigger goals than simply taking his Crimea death. taking this. His death. Right. You know, let me ask you a question. Let me throw this out to you. There's, there's been a lot of talk about DeSantis and Trump. Um, they used to be friends, and now they're, they're kind of like at, at odds with each other. And if, if it was DeSantis, do you think DeSantis, as president, could do what Trump could do? I think, like, the potential for that is there, because I think he's a pragmatic guy, that he sees a problem, he senses what the answer should be, and then he moves forward and he does it. He's not afraid to pull the trigger, so to speak. And I think like many great leaders in the past, if they have, if they have the character that it takes to become a great leader, they will evolve into that office quickly. And fire evolves people very quickly. So we would know soon enough. I mean, he's already demonstrated that he can lead and that he's not afraid of the press and he's not afraid of this wokeness and he's, he's doing what he believes is right. And he did an amazing job with Disney. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think he, he appears at this point to be someone who could grow into that position and do it very well. But can he grow into it soon enough? Well, that's where, uh, you know, what do they say? Uh, extraordinary Robert people are, are people who get stuck with extraordinary events. And, yeah. you know, George Bush, uh, the younger, was uh, an okay kind of guy. He was uh, the governor. He did a good job in Texas, a big state. And then he stood on top of that rock pile and he became a great leader. He evolved iconic figure. at that moment into he, his character allowed him to step into that role. Uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, you look at Ronald Reagan when, when he went there and, and stood in front of that wall. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall and he changed it by, by the sheer power of his words and the character of who he was and his strength. Yeah. There was no doubt in anybody's mind he was serious and he was going to do something about it if they didn't decide to let's work this out. So I think that goes to probably to Jim's point. Now, I think th the next logical question I have here, uh, we think it's possible now, obviously, that this could either purposely become World War III 
or it could inadvertently become World War III. Now, Jim, you say it's a proxy war, and I agree with you 100%. Why is it America's proxy war? This is Europe's problem. But I think bigger down the road, and I heard Mike Pompeo talking about this, or Pompeo, however you say his name, and I like him. I think he's a good guy. He came out, and, and he's one of these, we have to support Ukraine, we have to spend the money, we have to have them defeat the Russians and get them out. Because if, the, if they don't, and the Russians are emboldened and continue to go down the road and take more in Moldova, then they may, what happens if something happens over the border with Poland? Well, my, my point being, though, is if they did, then doesn't that become our problem at some point? Doesn't, doesn't Europe being taken over by the Chinese and the Russians become a part of our problem? Where we'd have to then do something like World War II, we have to step yeah. in. How long did it take uh, take the United States to get into World War II? You know, it's, we kept on holding back and holding back. I don't know what uh, <clears throat> what the, the the layover was, but we didn't want to be involved. We wanted to be separate from from that. But we didn't you, you want can't to be, be the bad guys. You can't be, Jim. You were making a point. The there. Russians, they've demonstrated that their military is incapable. I think. Um, if uh, this war is resolved now, I think the danger from the Russians is will be non-existent for many, many years, and in the intervening time, uh, Putin will probably die of natural causes. Uh, I think the problem here is China. We, we mm -hmm. should stop talking about the Russians. We need mm -hmm. to talk about the Chinese. Yes. They're the people who are instigating a lot of this. And I'll be honest with you, the, the Chinese have behaved better in this Ukraine conflict problem than we have because our government and our president is, I hate to use the word again, feckless. He doesn't know what he's doing. Right. And that goes back to, again, I, I, you know, I, I peruse all the news, especially on America Out Loud. But as I, as I look around all different kinds of programs and I watch, you know, uh, the, the Republicans and the Democrats go back and forth, somebody really came out and, and I think, I'm going to think it was Kerry Lake. I think she said, our country is a mess. It's a joke to the rest of the world. Again, you know, you look at our media, the way they fawn over all of these people, these total incompetence, as though they are the greatest people that ever held these positions. You were talking about uh, Secretary Buttigieg. This guy, you know, how is he the Secretary of Transportation? It took him 20 days to go to, to one of the biggest uh, transportation disasters we've had in our country. They, they have nuked that area of the country. There's people there that their lives are going to be destroyed. And it took them 20 days to get there instead of being on top of it. So when I saw that, I said, how come, if I was a leader of anything, a leader of a state, leader of a town, when I was in law enforcement, we had a, a quick deployment plan so that if something happened, we had the equipment already, we had people trained, we were ready to go and people were on call and you would deploy immediately. Why don't these organizations have Quick deployment, immediate deployment. We have a transportation thing, a train, very gas everywhere. Boom, you get 5,000 troops there and start taking care of it. Why is, it, well, why is everybody bumbling take, around? What do you mean taking care of? Go there, cut off the area, move the people, get them into housing, uh, start to start the cleanup. There's there's ways to clean up these messes. You know, they can uh, handle this. Joe, there's no way to clean up if, this mess. If somebody like Franklin Graham can put together a aid package uh, and get uh, aid to all these countries with the hurricanes and, and tornadoes and things, 
why can't our government, who is a million times bigger and has more money, uh, do something faster? He, I'm he can do. Let me ask you the same question: Do what? And and you're an environmental engineer, yeah. so you're saying that that area is done forever. No, they'll clean up. How will we clean up? Clean up. We've had we've had explosions and spills like this mm -hmm. many times in the past. Mm -hmm. um, the location was very close to residential areas. Yes, your suggestion that we move these people, which I think they were told to move out of the area. The government should have helped them find alternative accommodation, but that's all you can do in this situation. Now the environment has to clean itself up. There's nothing you can do to clean this up okay. at all. Two different things that we're talking when we say clean up. I was talking about, they said initially, the people within a mile are the ones they're worried about. But we, we all know that this chemical is going to get into the groundwater. There's animals 10 miles away dying that, that are, are the literally the canary in the, uh, in the, in the cave. Uh, because this this pollutant, these people are going to get sick ten years from now, fifteen years from now. That whole area, I don't know how long it would take for nature to clean that up. I'm sure it will. It always does all the time. You know, remember the oil leak in the in the Gulf? That was the greatest oil leak disaster for months, billions of gallons. It's gone within months. It was gone. So I get that. But what do these people do in the meantime? That the creek that that comes through their property, that their children play in, that the the, the animals eat from. And they're all going to end up sick and dead. Get them out of there, buy out their property, and, and just like, uh, what was that place? Uh, Love, Canal. Love Canal. Shut it yeah. down until it cleans itself up. And, and that's the thing. That, see, that's where government has a place. This was a terrible accident. The company that's responsible for the, for the trains should have to pay. And if that means they go bankrupt because they had a big, nasty accident, well, that's what happens when you have responsibility. But the people there who had nothing to do with that should not be victimized in any way. They can get them out of there, get them new property. We're taking your property. We're going to resettle you. That's what I think they should do. And then let that if thing it clean itself up. If it comes down to them, that's what Peter Buttigieg should have been doing up front. It's, yes. And the EPA should have been doing all this stuff up front. Okay, what are the long-term implications? I don't think they're going to be as great as Love Canal or anything like that. Yes, vinyl chloride breaks down with the dioxin, but the biggest culprit and I, I don't know what the chemical compound is, but basically it's the same type of a nerve gas that they used in World War One, mm -hmm. because when vinyl uh, chloride goes up in flames, part of it turns into that. And I think a lot of the deaths you've seen, the fish, is a result of, the, and the, the skin irritation, is the result of that chemical. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, we should have these answers. But yes. we don't have these answers. So they should same. be looking, okay, why are people getting skinned? Nobody's doing anything. They're all running around like the classic Keystone cops, once again, mm -hmm. of our federal government. Buttigieg is now the leader at the red light with all the cars piled up in the middle, blowing his whistle. It's a joke. They're not doing what their job is. And it's because they're too big, they're too bureaucratic, nobody can make any decisions, nobody wants to make any decisions. Because Buttigieg does not care about transportation. What does he all know he cares about, about is his image. Well, exactly. Well, that's all of the, this. I think this whole thing comes down to just that. 
The Biden administration doesn't want to overreact to it because then it'll look like they made another mistake. Uh, not that the press would ever hold them accountable for this reaction. Where was the press at the place screaming? Where is Pete Buttigieg? Where is the secretary? Where is the president? Could you at least do a flyover? Could you at least take a look at what happened to these people? Nothing. And they're not held accountable at all. But the reality is those kind of things should be in place. We should have plans for all. We know it's going to happen again. Like you said, there's been many, many train wrecks where chemicals spill, where they go on fire. It happens. That's part of the society we live in. If we want to have these chemicals, we have to move them. Uh, pipelines probably be the best. I don't know if you can move chemicals through pipelines, but pipelines underground are probably the best. You limit the damage. But, you know, uh, we, we get this crazy thinking about the, if you dig a hole and put a pipe under it, you know, the, the oxfish won't be able to, to, to mate in the next 10 years. It's crazy stuff, but uh, I have that. Those are my concerns for those people out there. That should have been something taken care of, and it all comes down to a lack of ability uh, on all their parts. Um, none of them have the skills to do what they need to do. Uh, and the sad part of this is that I think no matter how much every Trump is fifty percent, twenty percent, everybody loves Buttigieg, this guy, another one. I think Biden might get reelected. I think the people of this country are just uh, wacky enough to go, you know what? We can't have the orange man back. I can't have it. Can't do it. We'll have to vote for Biden again, and things will just be just be okay the way they are. Do you think, Bill, what do you think? I don't. I, I don't think. I know that our American people are tired of all his antics and, and his, or I should say non-antics. He's not doing anything except sitting around and shaking invisible hands. But um, you had said something before about why are these people in place? Why, why them? What makes them the expert, so to speak, about transportation or the expert to have the ability to be a vice president? The only thing that, that keeps them there is the media. And the media loves them because they're great sound bites. You know, they, they make stupid mistakes and, and the media doesn't give a darn about what they can do for the country. And it's all identity politics. They it, represent the, all the groups that need to be represented, that were never represented before, and now they have prominent positions, and that's a good thing. And that's a good thing. Everyone should be represented, but you should be capable to yeah. do the job, no matter what your identity politics that, is. That's the whole thing, though. Where are they getting their skill set from? I mean, what, what qualifies them? Nothing. Buttigieg has no skill set for this job. What about Harris? But he can, he can neither. But what Bill Buttigieg should have done, I mean, really, if you were really doing that job honestly, why was that wheel bearing on fire? What kind of regulation can we put into place to protect that type of accident from happening again? It should have been right up on. Listen, we're going to be looking at why this happened. You're right. You're right, Jim. But. The, the, the least amount of thing that he could have done was on the first day go down there and make an appearance of why could, that's that, leadership. to calm that, that down leadership. everybody. That yes. shows leadership when you yeah. show up. Now, listen, we only have a couple seconds left here. Bill, um, I know you were taking the focus factor, and we were joking around about it a couple of shows ago. Um, how, is, it, is it working for you? Do you think it's making a difference for you? Um, it, it's it's hard to say, but most mornings I take it in the morning, and maybe I'll take it once again later on in the afternoon, and I feel a little bit of the, like.
clarity. That's the only word I can think of. And that's what, and when you're taking the focus factor, and that's what that's supposed to do for you over time. Now, it's not supposed okay. to be within a week. Well, it's, it's not a week. It's been going on three weeks right. now. But if you're feeling a little more clarity, that's good. I, I take the other stuff. I tell, take the uh, immune boost. And I'll tell you, I haven't had a sinus infection in a year and a half. So I just wanted to mention that healthy cells. I'm going to need some more soon, so I'm going to well, have to buy some more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Go, they're, on the, uh, they're on the station here, so just go and uh, get your healthy cell products. They're all very good. All right, uh, gentlemen, I appreciate it. We'll be back in a minute, ladies and gentlemen, with more of the fellas in the neighborhood. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, Keep your face always toward the sunshine, and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. All right, everybody, welcome back. So listen, uh, sometimes, you know, I'm a benevolent host. You know, I have the fellows in the neighborhood. They have smart opinions. They have good ideas. They're funny, you know, but uh, sometimes I throw it out there and say, what do you think is important we should talk about? Because, you know, it's only all of America listening to you. Don't, don't worry about it. Does anybody want to bring a topic up? Or should you want, do you want me to continue uh, uh, going through my pages of outrages, so to speak? Jim? Well, you know, I've been, you know, I, I explore the internet, and there's been a lot of chatter about this guy, John Thaler, who joins Brannon, and there's an explosive claim that the Sanoa cartel used bribes, money laundering, to control the Marioka County elections. Um, and supposedly, according to this article, it's the first one I've read, that they have concrete proof that this has occurred, and it ties um, Katie Hobbs and a lot of other um, people involved with running the elections in Arizona 
to this cartel. Um, it's funny. If this is true, and it seems like it's a legitimate article, will the news media, the mainstream news media, pick up on this? Because to me, this election integrity issue is the most important issue that I have as an American right now. Because I don't trust it. I don't trust the elections. Right. I have no proof that, but there's a lot of um, suspicious activity. Well, and that's the thing. When you see smoke, there's fire. The key, yeah. the key is you have to go investigate. If you woke up and you saw smoke in your house, you wouldn't just say, well, it's nothing. I'll go back to bed. You'd go investigate. Well, when you see things like this, just like, and that's why I talked about this uh, previously, the 2020 elections, I, nobody's going to say it was stolen. Uh, some people believe that. But the thing was, there were so many improprieties that why didn't we actually go really investigate? Why don't we find out? We've done nothing. And it's almost time for another election. So mm -hmm. your point there is um, Maricopa County. There is these rumors, these words that Katie Hobbs, who won the election by a very small amount, uh, took money from these cartels. Well, the cartels are right there on the border of Arizona. They're they're bringing in billions of dollars worth of drugs. They're bringing in they're human trafficking people across the border. They have unbelievable amounts of money. Why would they not want to influence the elections of the United States, especially right at their point of crossing? Why would that? They'll be stupid to think that they wouldn't do that. Money runs everything, and and to think that now. Do we know that our friends on the left took the money? No, we don't. But if, if there is proof, as you're saying, why isn't that looked at and then immediately dispatch uh, the Department of Justice and go go find out? This Department of Justice? Because well, they have no interest in <laughs> finding any impropriety in the election laws. I, matter of fact, in my opinion, this Department of Justice is more concerned about creating illegality and causing problems in this country than fixing any problems. Right. Um, I would be, even with a Republican in office, you need a strong leader. We got to fix all the governmental institutions, including the Department of Justice. Trump couldn't get that done. Do we, do you think DeSantis can get it done? Trump is a billionaire. Trump doesn't care. DeSantis would be, um, he'd be cannon fodder for the left and the, the media elites. They destroy him because well, the guy doesn't have billions of dollars sitting in the bank. Right. They destroy him. They destroy his family. They're going to come after any Republican. They always do. Every single That's election. That's why I still so, think you know, Trump he'll, is the guy. He'll be a racist. He'll be a he'll be a, a homophobe. He will be anti-woman. He'll put his dogs on the roof of his car. No matter what it is they can come up with against the Republican, uh, mm -hmm. and, and there'll be just be countless stories uh, of rumors and, and and nonsense. No matter who no who the person is. What I do like about DeSantis is that he does he does fight back in Florida. He fights back on that press. He calls them out to their face. Now, could he do that under uh, his entire family being under the gun like that, so to speak? His whole entire family, his wife being berated? You know, I think that's where somebody has to make the calculus. Do I run? That's got to be part of the calculus. We are throwing our family into this uh, bonfire, so to speak. And when the, when the scope of his um, uh, vulnerability is like incredibly larger uh, I think Jim's got a point you know we can we can only do so much with what we've got and DeSantis is great when it comes to his state but when he's got 50 states he has to 
kind of like manage or, or uh, get managed. It's hard because he doesn't have the, the people yet in place to do that. Trump had people in place when he came in. Uh, DeSantis doesn't, and, and with uh, Biden, Biden didn't need anybody. <laughs> he had people given him Right, well, and that's where, you know, you think about it. The, if, if I won the election on November 6th, and I was the president, I would be writing to every single one of the attorney generals uh, in the Department of Justice and everybody, the head of the FBI and everybody and say, I get sworn in at 12 o'clock on January 20th. I expect your resignation on my desk at 1.05 p.m. because uh, you're done and you're gone. And then I would go to people like a Jim Jordan. I would go to uh, Getz. I would go to these very conservative, I, uh, Cruz, Senator Cruz, go to them and say, help me find good, decent people for these positions, and then you fill them in. And you have those months to do it. And get, you get everybody lined up, and get, here we go. Get Don Bongino. <laughs> Don Bongino, I yeah. think what's critical is the protections that are afforded to federal government workers are causing the problem. Because once you get a bad apple who works in the federal government, you can't get rid of them. They're all protected. They have to, the federal government workers in the federal government should be at will. That they should be hired at will, like every other private industry, because, and, it, and if you do your job well, you're not going to get fired. You'd be very careful playing any politics. You'd be doing your job. You're the, you're, uh, you work for NTSB, you're worrying about plane crashes and not politics. Um, because you can lose your job if it's an at-will employment, if you get involved in that. Mm -hmm. um, that is the key, and I've heard some rumors but that Trump is trying to work out a deal where um, he would, if he gets in office, he will be able to fire people who aren't doing their job or just playing politics. Now, the leaders, the, you're right, the leadership, they're at-will employees. You can get their resignation. But let me tell you, the tentacles of the bad apples in the federal government, they start at the top, but they have now, they've now, those roots have gone into all these institutions. Sure. And, and, and I, would, I would see that, and I would say, okay, Mr. Ray, you're gone, and then you six other people that are covered by contracts, and I can't get rid of you, I am going to stock a new office in Nome, Alaska. And all of these FBI agents that are that are no good, you're all being assigned to the Nome, Alaska uh, office, and that's where you're going to go and you're going to worry about crime in the in the in the mountains up there. And then everyone else, I'm going to point new positions. We're going to find people through. You can do it, but I think, Bill, to your point, it is a massive undertaking mm -hmm. to do that, and that is having people. When you go into an office like that to to run the entire government, you have to have people you trust, and I think that was one of Trump's problems. Coming from outside to in, he figured, hey, the people voted for me. They want something different. They want something to change. And everyone's going to want the same good things. And they don't realize there's politics. And it's Trump not about wants, what's good. It's about politics. Trump wants things, too. He wants to get bring his, his old TV show, You're Fired, to the White House. You know, that's he. But what you were saying before, Joe, you can't get things done without having good people to back you up. Yes. That's the biggest problem. And everybody's worried about their um, the, the next election. They're worried about 
who's going to vote for me or how can I get this section of people to vote for me? Mm -hmm. um, and, and he makes enemies that way. Right. And then people Trump does? Anybody does. If, if they worry about um, who they're going to offend instead of getting the job done. Right. Well, then we cancel them. That's what happens when they when they try and do something and they offend somebody, then we cancel them. Well, the, the one that came the closest was Trump. You know, he wanted to drain the swamp. He did a darn good job, you know, as far as he was able. But you see, that's where the left had the power to hinder him. Yes, and he had the so rhinos, many different too. Ways. He had the rhinos, too, who didn't want him to succeed because yeah. they don't mind playing second fiddle. The Republicans are perfectly happy to be out of power and still have their great lifestyle. Now, there's there's some, some good new Republican blood. They're very strong, and they want to do the right thing. But will they be corrupted as well? That, hey, this lifestyle's pretty good here. You know, you have uh, you have this great gig. They all end up as millionaires uh, as time goes by. They make $180,000, $200,000 a year as a congressman or a senator. And in 10 years, they got millions of dollars, four beach homes, uh, Gulfstream 5. How do you get all of that uh, on a government salary? Corruption. That's, right. The, and that's the, the key point. is... The size of the government is too big. Let's face facts. It is. We don't need a Department of Education. And there should be term limits. Right. To oh, absolutely. There right, but who has to vote for that? We should move some of these departments outside of Washington, D.C. Why is the Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C.? They don't grow crops down there. It should be, <laughs> it should be in Nebraska. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Um, the least, the institution that has been, uh, that's been corrupted the least is our military. And I, uh, but lately I've been seeing a lot of inefficiencies with our military. Let's talk about the spy balloon. You well, know? They, they can't, they can't, they're having a big problem with recruitment right now because, and I heard this on, on a, another show and they were talking about, it and I was very interested listening, you know, obviously in law enforcement, the recruitment is way down because uh, of the anti-police fervor in the country. People are retiring, they're getting out of the thing. You see state after state having horrific problems with crime and they can't fight it because they don't have the manpower or the woman power, the people power anymore because so many cops are leaving. Well, in the military, they're more worried now about wokeness than they are mm -hmm. about blowing stuff up and fighting for our country. And you got all these young people that would want to come in and fight for their country and stand up for America. They don't want to go in there and hear lectures about how they're wrong and they're horrible and they're racist and they're this and that. They want to go do the military stuff. They want to protect their country. So they're not signing up. They're falling very, very far short of their goals for our uh, volunteer army. And that leads That's... back to our opening question. If Russia and China got together and started World War III, could we participate in that as, as the winner? Now, we're a very powerful, powerful country. We have technology, we have weaponry, but would our people get behind it like they did in World War II? When you had 16-year-olds running down to sign up to fight for their country, would we have that today? No, I no. Would, there I would, would have to be a draft. That's the only way you're going to get uh, enough uh, men or women in the military is with the draft. And with the draft, that means I have to go do it and I want no part of it. Um, then well, you have problems. Yeah. But what else are you going to do? You can't, you can't just say you, you, and you. <laughs> you know, there's got to be a legitimate I, way of, of, of and, and bringing that's, people in. that's part of in. the problem. You have to win people's hearts and minds, especially to say, Bill, 
you're going to go die at 18 years old fighting the uh, the Chinese in Taiwan. You're going to get sunk in a boat and spend no. the rest of eternity at the bottom you're, of the sea. No, we're going to we're going to teach you a skill. We're going to teach you a trade, and you're going to be able to use that after your four-year enlistment. Right, if I live through my four-year enlistment, because you want me to go to war, that's why you're bringing me in here, and I want nothing to do with your stupid war, because America is bad, America is evil, America's racist, and I'm not going to participate. You're talking about a, a, a small segment of our, of our that young generation. I don't believe that the majority is like that. I'm I glad really to hear don't. you say that. I'm glad to hear you say that. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm like that. I agree with that young person who says, I'm not going to fight your war, especially when you have a government like uh, ours. That's the operating thing. In, like ours is. No way would I trust uh, Biden to win a war. If DeSantis or Trump were in the White House, would that change your mind? We wouldn't be going to war. Either one of them would not be going. This whole issue would be. All right, but let's. But let's say it wasn't. Let's say the Chinese are emboldened and they move. Hypothetically, yeah. Hypothetical. Um, What What would bring us to a war with Russia or China? Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You You can't think as 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 your age is right now. You have to think of like I'm eighteen, nineteen. So let me get your whole life ahead. Of let me you. look at that question. I would for never Jim. let my grandchild go to war. In that case, you wouldn't have a choice. Oh, no. oh, I'd be, I'd make them a conscious defective. What would you call them? Conscious objector. <laughs> he would make them wear the tinfoil hat, and they wouldn't be able to get the. No, I mean, there's got to be a reason. With World War Two, there was a good reason why we went. Sure, through there war. was. Um, 9/11 gave them another reason. No, 9/11. Let me tell you something. Oh, no, 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 no. They used 9-11 to go to war in Iraq. The Afghanistan thing was probably very legitimate. And I did not object to it going into Afghanistan. Because that's where the terrorists were, that's were where based. They were. Right. The Iraq thing, to me, was President Bush, he had a bone to pick with Saddam Hussein because Saddam Hussein went after his father. That's what that war was about. Remember, weapons of mass destruction? Were there weapons of mass destruction, Bill? No, we didn't find any. We, were all, we had to win that war, right? A lot of people were hurt, and we found no weapons well, of mass destruction. We did not, but I think also in the run-up to a thing like that, if I knew you were coming, I would ship them all out of my Absolutely. country, and then there's nothing here when you get here. Uh, which is pretty much what I think oh, come happened. On, Joe. I would agree. At first, I thought that they were hiding them. Mm -hmm. But listen, there's no evidence long, even now. How long uh, of notice did um, <clears throat> the government give them when they said, well, we're going to come and we're going to uh, inspect all your nuclear uh, weapons and your arsenal and all that? Give them enough time. It doesn't take but a couple of days to get rid of everything and hide it. Come on, you're you're, no, no, you're no, being no, no. naive. You can't. Yeah, wait a second. No, you're being naive because just because you have a chemical weapon and you hide it, there's a signature with all this stuff. You can tell by, uh, especially our military, especially atomic weapons, there's radiation signatures. They will know if they get close enough whether they were building atomic bombs. They will know. If they get close enough and we got in there, we took over the country, right? No evidence 
no signatures of any of the weapons of mass destruction. Interesting. I think How that's can what you history, trust that? that's what history has proven out. I always liked the theory that they moved some stuff, but let's look at again George Bush the junk, the younger wanted to go after Saddam because of what happened with his father. Now we look back. I, I like George Sr., George the Elder, but you look, we had this mission to go in and remove uh, Iraq from Kuwait. And we went in there and it was spectacular. Uh, uh, who is it? General Schwarzkopf and the American military. Very impressive. Absolutely unbelievable. wielding that power around the world. The problem came when the time to chase Saddam back to Baghdad and destroy that entire military uh, regime was, no, we're not going to do that. No, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to let him continue to exist. And when you're fighting evil, my opinion, when you fight evil, you have to vanquish the evil. Once you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. Letting him go, knowing his track record of what he did to civilians, what he did to other countries, what he, what he trying to attack people, the 10-year war with Iran, the people of Iraq dying for, for this, this man's hubris and, and his ego that he's this maniacal leader, I would have chased him to Baghdad and I would have wiped out the entire military and freed that country then. But I George agree. Bush the At Elder time, did not, and that's that a mistake. Time. But I'm, I'm, you know, some, both of you are too involved. We should not be involved in the world. I'm an isolationist. Let the world do what they do. Mm -hmm. Let's just right. worry about the United States of America. There are times, like in World War II, we have to get involved. But we should always get involved last. Like we did in World War II. But then how many lives did it cost us and, and, and money and treasure and blood did it cost us to get in late when if we could see potential World War III now, do we do we get involved early so that we don't lose a million young people? Well, not we can see it, we can it intervene, but be, not with a war. It wouldn't be like Vietnam. It never, that, that will never happen again, a war like Vietnam. No. That's, that was a never-ending war. What do you think Afghanistan was? Yeah. Afghanistan was exactly that. Why didn't we go in and win? Why didn't we send up all of our troops and all of our power and clean that country from the bottom to the top and go find them? Find them? Now, I know, historically, Afghanistan is not like any other place. The Russians were there with all their power, and they got thrown out after 20. It would have been very difficult. But you change the rules of engagement. You go through, and you have to, if you're going to win... And I'm not, I'm not hawkish. I'm not saying go start wars, but I'm saying if you're going to open that door and go, you go in with overwhelming power, overwhelming strength, and you take out whatever your enemy is. You take it out. You rip the roots of it out and destroy it. You don't go in halfway. You don't back off because then America at home, oh, we, we start well, to feel sad. We don't know enough. if we should do it. That and was that's a problem, problem in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. We went in, but we were afraid of the Chinese. So we allowed our soldiers to fight this proxy war, but with one arm behind our back. And we could have won that war very easy. We actually did militarily, they, um, but we had to be willing to they go into North one Vietnam. attempt, one attempt, and it backfired right in their faces and they're still paying for it today. And that was at Agent Orange, where they went in and, and just, to, just to make it easier for them to see the enemy, they destroyed all this foliage, all this ground cover, uh, forests and everything, and all the guys that were anywhere near that developed cancer and other horrible mm -hmm. um, uh, the effects from doing that. Right. And so what do they do? 
they started burning uh, the garbage and, and stuff like that, which spread everything, just like with the toxic train lately. Right. Well, when we look at when we look at any of these kind of conflicts, we can you got to learn the lessons of what they're teaching us. You don't go in Perfect. unless you have an absolute reason to go. But if you're going to go, you go and you win. Now, I'm not the first person to argue this. Every time there's a conflict, somebody stands up and says, we have to go to win. And we start, we're going to win. We're going to go to win. And then, well, you know, we don't, we, we, we shoot all the bad guys that are that are standing around the hospital. Don't do anything to, and I get it. I'm not saying hurt civilians. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, war is hell. War is ugly. War is terrible. The people there are, uh, in all these countries, the Chinese, it's the government that's bad. The people of China are, are, are decent people. They're people, right? They just want to live. It's the governments that are bad. But what do you do? What, what do the terrorists do uh, when they attack, right? They shoot missiles and, and, and they attack Israel and everything around, American troops from a hospital, from, a, from a, a welfare building, from a place where little children are, and then they hide amongst them. They don't care about collateral damage. Um, <clears throat> that's that's another thing, you know, they just wipe it. I heard someone say, um, if you don't have a hero's agenda, you're never going to win a war. And I believe that. What's a hero's agenda? Hero, uh, someone that is going to do what needs to be done regardless of what what it is to get the war won. It's, it's, it's an ugly thought. Yes, Winning the war is. means people are going to get killed. Things are going but to be destroyed. But think about but our enemy. Our enemy is doing just the same thing to us. Right. You know, whoever heard of bombing a, a, a children's hospital? That, that years ago, you'd never see that. No, but these people, the Russians, the communists, the dictators, they don't have anyone to complain to them. Have we, have we shut these people out? Have we shut the Russians out? What, what we're seeing, we're watching them do every single day, whether you want to be there or to support them financially, the mm -hmm. Ukrainians. Look what the Russians are doing to civilians. They're finding mass graves, men, women, and children bound behind, blindfolded and murdered. And the Russians are still treated like, oh, they're a legitimate country. They're, they're, you know, we should have talks with them. We should, they should be completely isolated from everything. Joe, our news media, it could be true, our news media has a vested interest in seeing Russia get destroyed. I don't trust that news article you just mentioned. It could be true because our news media, you know, they're so far into this, vested into destroying Russia that I'm not sure whether it's that black and white it was black and white to me when Russia invaded Ukraine. That was black. But now, all of a sudden, we have this war that seems like it's going on forever. It's like they want this war for a reason. That includes our government. That includes, potentially, Zelensky and Ukraine. I want out. I think we should stop funding Ukraine. I think we should get peace. We should go for the, the whole peace initiative, like, like I said previously and then stop funding Ukraine and say, Ukraine, you figure this out now. How about you, Europe? You know, how much billions have you put into this? Well, and, and that's where that's where I see the downfall here is the, the Europeans. This is their backyard. If, they're, if, if they are afraid that this is going to lead to a wider conflict, which they often do, especially when you have this kind of an activity going on, because 
I think Putin's real plan, people have talked about, he wants to reconstitute the, the glory of the Soviet Union with him as the head and the leader. And you do that by taking off one small little country after another to create your insulating border. And then they fall under the... Now, we saw what happened under the Soviet Union, and we've, we felt bad for the people, and freeing them was a good thing. But where are the people of Europe? And that's what I said. Where, where are the Europeans going? Do we, do, we want, do we want another war on our soil? Where we're taken over, where, where there's bombing runs, there's the cities are just no, we don't want that. So therefore, we're going to stand up as one and say enough. Now that might mean when you stand up to the bully, sometimes you got to take a punch in the nose, and I don't think anybody's willing to take a punch in the nose. They're hoping it just just kind of works itself out, and we don't want to piss them off by giving it, you know weapons. Because what do they say? They stand right up. Smart bully. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm picking on Jim. And uh, and Bill don't like it. Well, Bill, I'll tell you what. You give you give Jim a shield, and now you I'm coming after you next. And that's what they're all afraid of. They're mm -hmm. gonna do. They're gonna give him some equipment. They're gonna do something to help Ukraine, and then he's gonna turn his sights on them. And oh, we don't want that. It's already demonstrated he can't. His well, I think, I think that's a very good point. I don't think he can wage that kind of war. But connected, the Sino-Russian pact, they get together, and and now you have scared. a problem. Then it gets very And that's scared. where it's coming to. The Chinese and them are trying to build a, a, a pact. They're reconstituting the axis of eagle because North Korea wants to be involved as well. They want to take over the peninsula. They're right there on, on the border with China. I think they see this is an opportunity for those countries to change the future of the world, just like America changed it then in the past. The, then you got the junior bad guys, Iraq and Iran, saying, I want to get in, I want to get in. Okay, <laughs> but we can't, right now, that is, that's, hypothetically, that could be happening. It's not far enough down this road yet in order to start preemptively dealing with it. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't say preemptively strike anyone. I'm simply saying we need to be strong. That's we need true. to build up our military. We need to be uh, in a position where they're afraid that America might get involved, and then we have a problem. So, hey, listen, this was a, this was an interesting discussion with the with the fellows in the neighborhood. I want to thank you guys for being here. A lot to think about, and that's really the key to chasing justice, because justice, uh, in all its forms, comes to us in many different ways. And thinking about what's going on, the problems, and I hope it gave you something to think about to help you form your opinions, because everyone has something to say. So, listen, uh, things are changing. We want to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. This is Lieutenant Joe saying, have a great day. See you down the road.